Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Aberbach, CEO and Publisher. Today we're going to talk about Apple Spring rumors. Mark Gurman has predicted a March 8th event where we're going to get new Apple devices. So David and I are going to talk about, one, if we think that's true, and then Secondly, what devices we're hoping to see. <laughs> Starting to feel like spring. I know. <laughs> I actually heard some birds chirping this morning, too. Oh, right. <laughs> so um, before we get into all of that, David's going to uh, share our sponsor for this episode. And sponsors, we have two of them this episode. Mm. The first one is a company called Jamf, J-A-M-F. And if you are using Apple products in your business, this is the product for you. And what they do is they just help you manage the entire life cycle of Apple products in the enterprise. And this is for small, medium to large businesses. If you if you or your employees have iPhones, Macs, etc., it really helps you to make sure your devices are secure, set them up with, you know, customize them to your corporate settings and manage the entire process. And Jamf is really the industry leader for this. They work with nine out of the 10 top tech companies, 22 of the top 25 most valuable brands, uh, nine out of the 10 largest companies in the world based on Fortune 500. So they work with the really large companies, but they also are very affordable. And if you are a small to medium sized business, check them out as well. That's J-A-M-F. And our second sponsor today is Withings. And Withings has a really great line of uh, health accessories. Don and I both use them regularly. Not only are they an advertiser, but we use them regularly. I have their uh, BPM Connect scale, which I love. Uh, and Donna, you just got one, right? I just got one, yes. And I, I was just telling David, I need a little more time with it before I give my full report. <laughs> but so far, so good. I'm really enjoying it. The HealthMate app, that is the companion app that mm -hmm. goes with it. It like makes it really easy to see trends, you can track your weight goals and also like body mass index and all kinds of things like that. So um, yeah, I haven't I haven't been doing it long enough to really like see what the trends are like, but um, it, it seems impressive in terms of like the ability to track all these different metrics just from you standing like barefoot on the scale. And they, they add, I mean, A, the everything is really well designed. Their app is sleek and so you can track mm -hmm. it over time. Unlike Donna, I've been using this for, I think, gosh, seven, eight years now. So you can see all of my health trends over that entire period. Uh, you know, my weight trends, et cetera, et cetera. And I really find it to be valuable because I find that I can see some correlations between how active I am, what my lifestyle is, and what my weight is. Uh, and I am testing out um, a new product from them called Sleep. Uh, and it's a sleep pad, and you put it under your mattress so you don't have to wear you know, your Apple Watch while you sleep, which I hate. Do you wear your Apple Watch while you no. sleep? No. Yeah, see, it's like you. I, li I enjoy tracking my sleep, but I don't like wearing things. So this, you just put it under your mattress, and it tracks you the entire night and gives you a report in the morning, and it's in the same app. So if you are using multiple products of theirs, it all syncs together in the same app. And again, that's Withings. They also have smart blood pressure monitors. They have a really cool smart watch that actually looks like a real watch. Um, I have that too. And okay. just, I just like set it up also. Um, I've been doing an Apple Watch Fitness Challenge right now. And so when I'm done with that, I'll switch to wearing <laughs> the scan watch for a while instead. But it's cool because it tracks everything also in the same HealthMate app. Yes. So you can see additional metrics. And it's, it's definitely <laughs> one of the few smart watch or fitness trackers that I think is worth considering 
other than Apple Watch because mm-hmm. it it has a lot of real advantages. It, the the look of it is really the coolest part to me because it just looks like a normal watch, but you still get all of those notifications that you want. Yeah, that's what got me in the door is I was like, I want that. It looks cooler than the Apple Watch. It looks more like a classic time. It does look like a classic yeah, time piece. And so that appealed to me, but it does also have some extra cool health metrics that it tracks that mm-hmm. the Apple Watch doesn't. Oh. Um, like I believe stress levels and things like that. Cool. So I'm excited to try it out. So we'll keep you posted on our editorial reviews. But again, we (laughs) work with companies we love, and we love both of these companies. So make sure you check out Withings uh, and any of their health accessories. Cool. Um, Before we get into spring rumors, I also want to tell you a little bit about iPhone Life's offerings. We have a free daily newsletter called iPhone Life Tip of the Day. It's been around for almost 10 years now, right? Um, Coming up on it, yeah. Yeah, and so we have over 250,000 subscribers to the Daily Tip newsletter, and you can learn something useful you can do with your iPhone in just one minute a day. So you work towards mastering your iPhone with no financial investment and hardly any time of day that you're you're looking at it. And it's a lot of fun. Like you can just get a little tidbit, um, uh, learn like a hidden feature or, or tip or trick that you wouldn't know about otherwise and can impress your friends and family with it too. So I wanted to share a tip today. Oh, and if you want to sign up for iPhone Life Tip of the Day, go to <laughs> iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips. That's an important detail. Important if you <laughs> want to sign up, yes. Yes. So um, a tip I wanted to share with you listeners today is how to take full page screenshots using your iPhone. And this is a tip that um, I think a lot of people don't know about. And it's really useful. Yeah, it is really, what, what do you use it for? I mean, a lot, the, the classic thing where I'm wanting to send a screenshot of a website I'm on, I go to take a normal screenshot and it cuts off right at the wrong point. Mm-hmm. So then I try to zoom down and frame it correctly, but then I'm cutting off the top part. It's particularly useful if you need a screenshot of, say, like a ticket or like, mm-hmm. you know, like a plane ticket or like something where you really need all of the information on the page and you can't just have it cut off at the wrong spot, let's say halfway through a QR code or something like that. Yeah, I haven't used it for a return label, but I bet that would be something useful yeah yeah totally there's a lot of really cool uses for this so um this is a feature it's only available using safari on your iphone so it's not something you can just do in any app on your iphone so that's the first thing that's important um one of the reasons i wanted to include this tip today too is just because there are caveats that i think are worth mentioning and um, we've had people write in and be like why isn't this tip working Mm. and so i wanted to explain the other situation is some websites have infinite scroll basically like if you're on a retail website and you know you keep on scrolling down to look through like say shoes or whatever and it just more shoes keep popping up and so it doesn't work on this because then otherwise it would be like the longest screenshot of all time with like a million shoes on it (laughs) it's been it's been a while since i've done this but my memory is you can actually crop it once you do it is that correct oh yeah yeah so like there definitely are usually even if i use this feature where i'll take a a screenshot of the full page i'll then go in and kind of crop it a little because usually there's like a big footer at the bottom and all this stuff on the right hand side of a website there's a lot of stuff on a website where even if you're trying to get more than you normally would get in a screenshot it's still you want to cut out so taking mm. the extra step of cropping it when you're done but sorry let's oh, actually yeah. hear how you do it <laughs> so here the tip you you take a screenshot like you usually would you open safari on your iphone go to the site that you're looking for and then you know depending on the device you have that affects how you take a screenshot if you have uh, an iphone with face id you um 
press the side button and the volume up button simultaneously, and you can take a screenshot. You can also use Siri to take a screenshot. Yeah, another bonus <laughs> uh, tip for you. Yeah, uh, Siri to take a screenshot, and then you'll have the option at that point to let me pull up the exact like wording that will show up. Take a screenshot, then you tap the screenshot preview that shows up in the lower left corner, which um, usually when you take a screenshot, that shows up anyway, but a lot of times I just swipe it away because a screenshot will automatically save to my Photos app, which is where I'm wanting it to go. But in this case, you want you need to take an additional step. So tap it, then you tap full page at the top of your screen. Like there's, It's not that obvious. It's just like a little gray menu at the top. One just says screen, which is the regular screenshot. And if you tap full page instead, it'll show you the full page version. Uh, then you tap done and you'll be given the option to save the PDF to files or you can delete the screenshot. So this, the full page screenshot saves as a PDF. That's an other interesting yeah. point. Um, so definitely for something, yeah, like a return label or some sort of document that would cut off otherwise are good times to use this feature. Um, and yeah, so if you don't see the full page option, then you should think about is it, was it like some page with endless scroll or yeah, there are a few sites on Safari that don't support full page screenshots. But for the most part, if you're in Safari on your iPhone, you should have this option. Yeah. And I just want to put a uh, kind of go back and put a pin on one of the things you're talking about, the little preview mode, because I find it to be useful for a lot of things. I would say nine times out of 10 when I'm taking a screenshot on my phone, I'm doing it to send to somebody else of like something on my phone that I'm wanting to share. And so that preview mode is a really quick, easy way to do that. When you take a screenshot, as Don was saying, on the bottom left corner, you get a little like it shows you the preview of that screenshot. And if you tap on it, it brings you to this little menu where, first of all, it gives you really quick, easy way to share it. But also you can annotate. So like, let's say I take a screenshot, but I just want to point attention to one part of it. I'll like draw a little red arrow or I'll circle it or something. So, cause I would say, I don't like it when it ends up in my photos and I have to go to my photos app to then go share it. Mm. I mean, don't, don't you most of the time when you're taking screenshots, are you the same way where you're usually doing it to share with other people? Yeah, but I rarely mark up screenshots. Okay. I usually, it's like, usually it's pretty evident what I'm, yeah. why I'm sharing it. But okay. so I, but yeah. Even so that, yeah, I find it a quicker, easy way to share it. Is to then I don't it. have to go into photos at all. Yeah, that's true. For some reason, I don't feel like I do that, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Moving right along. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our premium subscription. You now know about iPhone Life Tip of the Day, which is our free newsletter. We also have a premium service for people who want to master their Apple devices. So this is an amazing community of Apple users who are really taking their use to the next level and getting the most out of their Apple devices. It's called iPhone Life Insider. We have over 11,000 members now. Um, and we offer things like online courses that can teach you how to use your iPad, how to use the camera on your iPhone. Um, how to use the latest software updates. So coming up with iOS 16 this year, when you sign up as soon as iOS 16 is available, we have courses and guides for you that will teach you everything there is to know about it. Um, that's one of the most popular courses we offer. We also have in-depth guides on a variety of Apple-related apps and devices. We have a feature called Ask an Expert, where if you are a subscriber, you can reach us 
Uh, you can contact us anytime and get a guaranteed answer to any type of issue you're having with your devices. And you get a premium ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content, as well as a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. Um, and you get access to our full archive. So all of our best apps issues, buyer's guides, iOS guides, all of that is included. So if you want to sign up and get 10% off for being a podcast listener, you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And uh, if you're a senior veteran or service personnel, you can check the box at checkout and get an extra 10% off for a total of 20% off. So, And yes. we just released two really awesome guides the 2020 edition of our messages app guide mm -hmm. which will walk you through everything you need to know to master the messages app and the messages app is so many little complicated things tagging somebody group texting how to get out of group text if you're in one and you don't want to be um how to use the little like tray at the bottom that has all those extra third-party apps there's so much there we'll teach you everything you need to know and the reminders guide uh the reminders app guide which comes out this week so if either of those interest you or any of the features we talked about, which really it is for all of you. So make sure you go check it out, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Um, so I wanted to read out an insider question that came in this week. And this is one, David, I know you're immediately going to, it's going to trigger you because it's a feature that you, it's a trigger feature warning. that you've been wanting for so long. Yeah. Trigger I'm warning. So I'm very sensitive to <laughs> Apple complaints. So I am emotionally prepared. Continue. Okay, proceed. Okay. <laughs> so Amy, who, um, is one of our ask an expert crew shared this with me. Is there a way to mark a text message as unread? Mm, yeah, <laughs> ouch, okay. I'm guilty of reading a text while I'm busy at work and forgetting to respond. This feature would be so helpful. Amy writes back, thanks for reaching out. There's unfortunately no way of doing that at the moment. Hopefully we'll see it in a future update. David and I have literally been saying this for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but what you can do is pin a message to the top of your inbox, which can serve as a reminder to return to that message thread. I thought that was a handy little that tip. That is, and I don't do that, and I am very guilty for getting to text people back. Me too. Um, which so, is why I want this feature. I know. And right now I already have all of my pinned message slots filled, but I don't know that I need need all of them filled and this might be actually a handy way um to go about solving this problem as a little workaround until please apple finally do this with ios 16 it does not seem like too much to ask um but just let me back up for a second marking a <laughs> message is unread just for anyone listening uh if you don't know what that means when you have unread messages in your messages app there's a blue dot by it that lets you know it is a blue dot right now i'm yeah, like uh, doubting I, myself i believe so um, yeah, a blue dot yeah. lets you know that um, there's a new message in there that you haven't looked at. So if you tap and look at it, that goes away. And there's no way to artificially make it come back, unlike with your email. In your email, you can easily mark a message thread as unread. And it's a really effective way of making sure that you don't forget about it. Yeah. Um, doesn't get like lost in the shuffle. So Apple hasn't done this for some reason, but um, it does have this pin message feature. And pinning messages, I don't think it's meant for this use. It, it's meant to save your favorite contacts, similar to like how you do in the phone app under the favorite section. But this is sim something similar for the messages app. So I've gone, you can do nine message um, threads total in your pin message section and I like to have like my favorite group chats and my favorite like you know people I contact the most in those slots um 
but and it's a little annoying you can't add more than nine but I might like trim it down to six and that way if you have a message that pops up you want to get to later you could still have that like three slots open and how you pin a message is you just press and hold on the message thread and you'll have a menu of options one of them will be pin which you can choose yeah and I definitely think it's worth taking the time and and having your the most frequently contacted people as pinned um Mm -hmm. especially like you said group messages are great because you don't always want to be like searching your thread for groups or like uh having to recreate groups over and over again so i like that as well i tend to do that um i will say though not to um to me this solution i don't know that it would work very well because i'm actually for some reason i don't know if it's me or if it's apple so you have to let me know i actually am the most guilty of being slow to respond to the people I've pinned because something about the user interface of it, I don't see it. Like I keep missing it and I don't know why. Your eye just kind of skims over over it. I don't know. I don't know why I'll have to do like a little better, but at first I felt that way. Um, I took some getting used to. Yeah. So this probably, I don't know if it would work or not for me. Really what I need, I think it's not even Mark is unread. It's a flag. I want to be able to like flag an email or because uh, I do. You can flag an email. I want to be able to flag a message that I want to respond to later. Hmm. I don't really use flagging that much, but something to that effect. Something to help me because You're like, um, I don't know. Maybe a mark is on red feature would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Apple rumors. Yes. I'm excited. So we've been waiting to do this episode for a bit. We just wanted to... Um, have there be more solid rumors before we started talking about it. And at this point, we have even a prospective event date that's looking pretty solid. So that's exciting. Mark Gurman, one of the main Apple leakers, has has reported that March 8th, Apple will have an event. So that's not a set date. We don't know if that's true, but it seems likely it'll be that day or at least a day right around then. And to back up and give some context, historically, Apple has three, let's say it's like three or four main announcements per year. So the one that is really reliable and happens every year, pretty much, is the iPhone announcement in September. Every September, they pretty much that I can think of, they have an app an iPhone announcement. The other one that's very reliable is WWDC in June. They have a software announcement where they announce all the changes to the upcoming software for iPhone, Mac, et cetera, et cetera. Those two happen every time. And then there's two other ones that Apple sometimes does and doesn't always do. They they sometimes do a late fall announcement where they'll cover Macs or anything that they couldn't cover in their iPhone announcement. This year, that's when we got our uh, the MacBook Pros came out late fall. And then they have a spring announcement where they typically cover iPad and Mac sometimes. Um, but usually if they do Mac, it's like the more budget Mac. So I'm giving a context here because the fact that there's a rumor of a March 8th announcement is not at all surprising. We kind of all expected there to be a spring announcement around that time. And the rumors line up with what we typically see in that time, which is largely iPads and budget Macs. Am I correct? <laughs> Sorry, I totally spaced out for the last question. <laughs> the last couple of sentences because I was reading a comment from a listener. Sorry, oh, That's okay. Uh, <laughs> what I was saying is largely it's the rumors right now are iPads and budget Macs, yes? Yes. It seems like the iPad Air, what, the, what I've been um, hearing is the iPad Air and a budget MacBook Pro, but there's also other iPads and Mac, yeah. Macs that we might get. But that's kind of what I'm 
like that seem seems like there's the biggest consensus on mm-hmm. those two things. Okay, so let's walk through it all. Yeah. Um, okay, so also iOS 16, we have some rumors about that to yes. talk about, which would be which will be fun to to get into. So on the iPad side of things, um, we have a rumor roundup going at, going up today that Leanne, one of our writers, wrote. And the iPad Air hasn't had an update in the longest, so it seems a logical one to be getting an update. And it should have 5G, and it'll potentially have the M1 processor. The iPad Pro from last year has it, so likely we'll get... I don't know why we wouldn't. Well, it's this is where the iPad it just gets so tricky. Is it a computer yeah. replacement or is it not? Because Apple is not putting them one chips in the iPhone, uh, but they are putting them in all their Macs, and they have it in the Pro. So it just depends how they want to treat their budget iPads. Um, yeah, and I, like also iPad Air, is it a budget iPad? It's like a weird in-between yeah, also. Yeah, and how much power do you need for it? I think yeah. you're likely right. I would guess it'll be an M1 chip, which was, again, what they Apple's new chip that replaced Intel in all of their computers and that is in their Pro line. I would guess it'll be the M1 chip, but we'll see. Sorry, could you say oh, again? Siri. <laughs> Strange. Yeah, I, I don't think it... Yeah, it seems very unlikely it'd be like the M1X or something like that. Yeah, but. it'll either be like the iPhone chip, so it'd be the A15 or the M1. Yeah, and then other rumors is that it'll have 5G, um, which... Or optional 5G, it says here. So that would be like an option on one of the, one of the models you could get. Yeah. Um, a 12-megapixel me- front-facing camera was another rumor, which would improve the abilities of center stage, which is a really cool iPad feature that it makes it look like when you're taking video on the front-facing iPad camera, like it's panning and following you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a feature that um, I don't think is like that useful for everyday people, but it I is cool. I haven't used it, I'm <laughs> embarrassed to say. Like, I just don't, like, it's one of those features that's really cool, but unless you're like, the example they always use when they show this feature is somebody talking on the phone while walking around the kitchen, mm. which I just don't tend to FaceTime while walking around my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't use it. I don't know. It, yeah, I guess FaceTime is like the main way I maybe would use it, though. I don't know. Um, OLED display, I guess there were some rumors. Ming-Chi Kuo originally had said maybe we would get uh, an OLED display for an iPad, which is I'm surprised by because in general, like Apple has, even with all the premium models, has not gone that route because it'd be too expensive. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and right away, it, we have it on the list, but already saying, eh, probably not. Probably not. And if, if there is an OLED display, it would be in the Mac in the sorry, hopefully they'll bring it to Mac at some point. It'll be in the iPad Pro, like that. It would certainly be a Pro feature. Mm-hmm. Um, OLED display. Right now, the iPad Pro has a mini LED display, which is really nice. OLED. I love OLED personally. Me I too. hope they bring it. I I think it's just such a big screen that it adds so much expense to the product, and that's the thing holding it back. Is like they'd have to mark it up even more, and iPads are already really expensive. So I agree yeah. with that assessment that it likely won't happen this year. We also have some iPad Pro rumors, which um, because the Pro has been updated more recently, I feel like a little, I would be a little surprised if we got an iPad Pro in the March event. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. When was it last updated? Was it last, was last spring or did they come out with one in the fall? Now I'm forgetting. So last year we got an iPad Pro at the spring event. So I guess it would be a year. So that's not crazy to think could happen. Um, But the iPad Air is the only iPad that didn't receive an update at all in 2021. Okay. And so that seems like the most glaring 
update um, that that we should be getting. I think, and then we got the iPad Mini in the fall and the iPad Nine. I see. So I think to skip ahead to kind of merge rumors here a little bit, I think we will most likely get an a MacBook Air and an iPad Pro with an M2 chip. So last year Apple introduced the M1 chip in the spring. They introduced the M1X chip in the fall, and I think Mm. they're gonna. My guess is they'll keep it an annual cycle and introduce the M2 chip in the spring, but it's gonna get weird because is how does the M2 chip compare to the M1X chip? <laughs> it's like not the like pro model of the chip, but it's the next generation. Yeah, so, like it is the M1X better or is the M2 better? Because the rumors I was reading is like, is that the M1X, it would still be better and more expensive. So if yeah. you're getting like the M2 MacBook Air, were you saying, or MacBook Pro? I think it'll be an M2 MacBook Air is going to be my guess. And that it would be less expensive than your lovely MacBook Pro with the M1X. Which I love. (laughs) Which is Apple's latest, you know, MacBook that just came out. Um, So, yeah, but just to, to wrap up the iPad rumors, you think that we will get an iPad Pro as well as this iPad Air? That's my prediction. Okay. I mean, now, yeah, re-looking at it, the iPad Air does seem obvious because it's been more than a year, but the iPad Pro, since it was last spring, it would make sense they'd do it again now, especially with the M2 chip. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty big update last year with the uh, micro LED display, so they might skip it. But I, it's, And again, this the reason why I'm tying the two together is if they come out with an M2 chip, I don't see why they don't put it in both the MacBook Air and the iPad Pro. And I think they will. That's my prediction. (laughs) Yeah, and other rumors for the uh, iPad Pro include wireless MagSafe charging, which which would would be cool. cool. And it does seem weird that Apple hasn't brought that feature to any of the tablets. Yeah, I agree. It's Um, on everything else at this point. Yeah, and I mean, that's like pretty much it. 5G also. But then I just, I guess I'm wondering a little bit with the iPad Air and iPad Pro, like why you would get the Pro over the Air um, if it's more, I mean, I guess for MagSafe maybe. You mean depending if they put the same chip in? Yeah. It is an interesting question. I kind of wonder both with um, the rumors of the new MacBook and the iPad, if they're if Apple is just going to choose one of them to update um, and like in some ways, it's just a matter of semantics more than any other difference. Like the MacBook Air, uh, if they go with the MacBook Air update instead of a budget MacBook Pro, they kind of sound similar in some ways. Like the rumors I've, I've been reading have been that even a MacBook Pro budget model wouldn't have all the ports that you're going to have in the one that you have. So it might be slimmer. And actually my prediction, and this is, I think, <laughs> for the exact reason you're saying. So I'm being a little bit of a contrarian because I'm being like, I hear all these people who are experts who are following all this stuff saying yeah. one thing. And I, who am like not in China looking at production, am going to say they're wrong. And so I might, <laughs> I'm adding that caveat that I'm just doing it based on kind of what I know about Apple historically. I would be surprised if they came out with a MacBook Pro right now. They just released MacBook Pros in the fall. Why do you do a budget MacBook Pro? It's like the most confusing product to release, whereas a next generation MacBook Air is such a logical product to release. Yeah, and it would be an opportunity. Like a lot of people, including myself, got the MacBook Air last year because it had the new chip. I've loved the battery life. Uh, but there are some things missing that it seems like Apple could bring now. I mean, the M2 chip, but also having a better webcam, having maybe more port options than this one has. <laughs> like this it has just U- two USB-C. But honestly, I don't even know if that would be true. But it does seem like an improved webcam yeah. and the better processor would be 
good places to start. And I'm hoping, and I don't know, I think they might save this for the fall, but I'm like bringing the like, uh, you know, nicer displays is the other thing. I think a, mm. a micro LED display would be another thing that I could see them bringing to the air. Yeah. Do you think maybe a larger display size too? Or no? uh, maybe. Yeah, that's true. The notch. They might bring the. I bet they'll bring yeah. the notch to the air. You're right. So that's my prediction. I, I don't see why you bring a budget MacBook Pro. It makes no sense to me. But sometimes Apple does things that make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, so, yeah, just officially switching over to the Mac conversation, um, you know, there's a couple other Macs that I that we're r- hearing rumors about. Yeah. Uh, one of them is interesting, a Mac Pro, which is going to be like a really powerful, powerful computer. Apple historically has kind of struggled to break into that market just because Apple products are so expensive that when you become top of the line for that, it just gets absurdly expensive. We're talking like $20,000 expensive. Uh, and then there's some rumors within the Mac Pro of will it still be Intel-based or will they switch to the, to their new chips? I'm going to guess, based on just my intuition, that Apple does release a Mac Pro with the new uh, line of chips. I think Apple's going all in on these chips. They're reviewed so well. There's Everybody's really happy with them. I don't see why they don't just make that transition. So I think a Mac Pro would be great. And then the other one's the Mac Mini and the a new um, iMac. Am I correct? Yeah, and the Mac Mini, I was reading that like Apple's going to redesign it to look similar to like the Apple TV, okay. which already looks kind of like that, just bigger. Um, so that would be interesting. And just looking at MacBook Air, rumors um on our rumor roundup on our site which by the way all of our rumor posts i'll i'll link to in our show notes if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast you can see it all there um because you know we're throwing out a lot of stuff here and it's easier sometimes to read it over later and we're going to continually update these as the rumors evolve so uh the one of the reasons that you might want to go with a macbook pro in a stand you know usually would be because you get more ram also and storage and Apparently, with the new MacBook Air, we'd be getting the same RAM and storage options, which is like in a way a blocker, but potentially have an upgrade option to 16 gigabytes of RAM and definitely and up to one terabyte of storage. And definitely like for us at iPhone Life, when we're buying computers for people, that's like one of the hugest considerations is getting something that's going to have enough power for whoever depending on, you know, the type of tasks the employee needs it for. I actually think it's starting to become pretty inexcusable that Apple offers 8 gigabytes of RAM as their <laughs> base model because it's just in the modern age with everything we're asking computers to do, not really enough. And Apple sort of prides itself on you don't need to pay a lot of attention to all these details in the specs because we'll just make sure that everything just works. And 8 gigabytes of RAM is borderline just not going to work for you anymore. So I hope that Apple makes that leap and makes their base model 16 gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, so other rumors, I more am seeing a rumor that we'll get an iPhone SE. Yeah, I mean, is that is historically saying. in the spring they do that. Um, you and I tend to be the pro line, so that's where we're sort of like, meh. Uh, yeah, like not personally excited <laughs> about that, but, you know, it's a uh, good option. And then, you know, the other... The other one here that's in the rumors would be the iMac with a micro LED display, which I think would be amazing. Um, and so I hope they come up with that. And then the question for the micro LED display, new iMac, is do they stick? Do they go with an M2 chip? Do they go with an M1X chip? Because I think to me, an M1 chip is just—it's one of those computers where 
if you buy yourself an iMac, I think you're planning on doing a lot of powerful work on it. And so an M1 chip might be, it's, I, every, it was well-reviewed, so I don't want to say it's underpowered, but I could see a, a case to be made for making it a more pro-line computer, especially with a micro-LED display. So we'll see what they do with that as well, because I think an iMac is a really great product in Apple's lineup, and I hope they, they make it. I, I hope they add the M1X chip, personally, or an M2 chip, one or the other. So just switching a little bit into our own feelings about this, like what do you, are you excited about any of these rumors? I would say, okay. <laughs> I I know, hopefully we are not losing everybody talking about all the chips because I know that like it's a little bit technical, but I'm on the biggest picture. I'm really, really excited about Apple's transition to their own chips. Mm-hmm. Not only are they well-reviewed, not only do you and I both have them and love them, but it feels to me like the pace of like improvements on computers has never been faster for Apple. Like they're really just turning up the pace of innovation on their computer line. Macs are selling well and they're really like the chips are getting more and more powerful each year, which is something with Intel, it was a little bit slow. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about micro LED becoming the norm. Um, that being said with the iPad line, and even and, and other features like there's not a lot of innovation <laughs> happening right now in Apple that's other than the chips that's like really revolutionary. The iPhone feels incremental, uh, and the iPad feels even more incremental in terms of the innovations. What do you think? I yes, I agree. I was going <laughs> to say like the iPhone SE and the iPads getting 5G too. I'm kind of like mm. I mean the for the iPhone SE that's a bigger deal, um, and that's by the way the biggest rumors for. The iPhone SEs, it'll just get a better processor, 5G, like maybe some camera improvements. Um, but on the iPad, I never use cellular anyway. Oh, I, see, I love cellular. Okay. So I just have Wi-Fi iPad. That's like historically what I've done. And so having the 5G option doesn't personally compel me that much. And none of the other features seemed that, that significant in the upgrades. Yeah. But the Macs, I agree, it's like it's huge. Um, and I think a lot of people who haven't upgraded their Macs in a while like don't maybe understand how big of a deal it is. Yeah. Like one of my good friends just was asking about buying a new Mac because she was to the point where she had to have her computer plugged in at all times for it to work. Oh, no. And I was like delete trust me it's worth the investment do it (laughs) and she's been texting me every day she's like i've been on my computer for an hour and a half and my battery is at 94 percent still like this is the best thing ever the like touch id button to unlock especially if you have an older one not in recent years like and that lets you log into all your accounts and apps and things like that is so nice Uh, there's just a lot of things about the the um newer macs that make them amazing and like like I said I love my MacBook with the M1 chip but I'm missing some of the things that you now have like even just in that less than a year that Apple came out with this new Mac I'm missing a lot of features that already like make me tempted to upgrade the micro so. LED the thin bezel and the notch I mean I cannot tell you how much I love my MacBook Pro <laughs> I am obsessed with it so I'm with you on that <laughs> yeah and the battery and processing power those are I think are the two biggest things that if you have an older Mac you're just going to be blown away by yeah. but then you know also like the webcam you have is way better than mine now yeah the webcam's better the battery life's amazing uh, and so, yeah, I think they will be bringing that to the like the base models because actually um, the one thing about my computer, my <clears> MacBook <throat> Pro, that I don't necessarily love, and we talked about this when we did the review, it's a beast of a computer. It's, it's heavy. It's thick. It looks like a computer from 2015. 
And so to me personally, I love it because I love how powerful it is in the battery life. But I actually am in the maybe in the minority where I don't care about all the ports. And I like I would be happier if it were thinner and lighter. <laughs> um, and so I think there's some room to sort of meet in the middle for the next generation of the MacBook Air where it's thinner, lighter, but brings some of the things I love about my MacBook Pro, the powerful processor, the nicer display to the to those lines. So yeah, um, one thing, uh, wow, I had something important to say. No, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Um, maybe we'll have to circle back. Oh, well. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about iOS 16, but I did have a thought about the Macs. Oh, I know what it is. I think the reason that you don't need all of the ports is because you've gotten all the adapters you need now. Yeah. So it's not the same. It doesn't. You've already solved that problem. But for a lot of people who haven't bought those adapters and hubs, um, it is really nice to have all these connections. But yeah, like I really hated at first that I only had USB-C ports for my MacBook, but I have now gotten the things I need. For me, USB-C to use USB-A is useful at home. I have a little hub, which I'm going to talk about in our apps and gear section. Oh, fun. You know, at work, we have other ones like to connect to our monitors and things like that. You know what's weird, though, that I don't think got enough criticism? They did not include a USB-A. There is no USB-A. Which is like the main thing <laughs> It's the I main thing I miss, and I don't have it. I'm like, how often do I need an HDMI or an SD slot? Like, for some yeah. people in some professions, that's critical, and I get why they added it. But for me, I never use any of it. Yeah, why didn't they? Is it just, like, similar to them going wireless with everything where they're, like just snobby about USB-A now. Yeah, and I don't, I get it from Apple's perspective because they're not wrong. Nobody's going to go away. It's going to go away. It should go away. All of the accessory manufacturers should just switch to USB-C, in my opinion. And I actually am going to talk about that a little bit in our insider section. Um, and so in Apple, by not supporting USB-A, uh, is actually pushing the industry forward, and that is there is a benefit to that. But in the interim, when we all have products that are USB-A, and just to, because I know we're using these terms, USB-C is the smaller one. It looks almost like a lightning cable. Uh, it, it's a smaller port. And then the USB-A is the traditional USB-C that we're all used to. It's thicker, and it's one-sided, so you can only put it in a certain direction. And if you flip it over, it won't go in. Uh, there's a million reasons why USB-C is better, uh, so they need to switch. But um, And I'm happy that Apple's pushing the industry forward, but the lack of support is annoying because we all have these products that are USB-A instead of USB-C. Yes. Let's talk about iOS 16 quickly. Yeah. And I do have a product that can help you out with this USB-A problem for our apps and gear section. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning iOS 16. Apparently, this year is going to be the year that iOS 16 will not work on the iPhone 6S. So if you're listening and you have an old iPhone, it's time. this might be the time, time. To, to make the leap, <laughs> which, you know, some of our readers do have older iPhones. So you'd think like most of the time enthusiasts are, are getting newer phones, but it's not always true. Um, so that's kind of a bummer if you have an older older device. But um, yeah, the rumor, it's like a, a little thin still right now. It's 
early. We're not going to you know, find out for sure from Apple until June at their developers conference. Also, in general, software rumors are harder because the reason why we have such reliable rumors for hardware is because Apple starts manufacturing this before they announce it. So people can watch the supply chains in China. They can see the companies that Apple subcontracts with and see what's being produced. Mm-hmm. For software, Apple keeps it in-house and they're a lot more better at protecting the secrets because there's not as much of a paper trail. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, like we, there's things like quick notes for iPhone. We might get interactive widgets, what I, which is I think would be really cool um, right now if you wanted to skip a song or like play and pause a podcast right from the widget. You can't do that as soon as you tap it. It takes you into the app. Oh, yeah. No, that would be really useful. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I still really want lock screen widgets too, but I haven't heard any rumors of that. Any That's you, nothing but a wishful thinking. On your Mac, do you use Quick Notes ever? Never. It just gets in my way. I never once use it. I don't even quite, if I'm being totally honest, I don't quite understand how we're, I guess I'm, <laughs> it just opens up a new note for you very quickly. I don't, I hate it. So yeah, I am, that's not your something I'm stylus up from the bottom right corner of the screen of your iPad and that, or clicking the bottom right corner of your Mac will bring up a note. So you could do that on your iPhone, but it's like so easy just to open the notes up. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, I get it because there are times where I just want to quickly write something down and I'm like struggling to quickly get to the notes app. But it also more times than not, I'm accidentally pulling up a quick note when I don't want to. And it's just in my way and annoying. So, yeah. And then there we have some vague rumors like more AR and VR capabilities, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think Apple is moving in that direction the LiDAR sensor in the latest iPhones, it makes AR more accurate, like depth sen- depth sensing and stuff like that. So maybe we'll get some more features there. Um, <clears throat> that's really it. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But yeah. um, I think the thing that seemed noteworthy is just that it does seem like the iPhone success is going to be phased out in terms of support. Yeah, and, and you heard it here first. There will have the ability to have met text messages be marked as unread. I'm <laughs> going to announce it now. Pre-announced. I feel like if we just announce it, then Apple has to do it. <laughs> yeah. The other the thing that I'm going to just announce, which is completely just from my mind, but it's something that I've been wanting for years and years, is multiple multi-user support on the iPad. It's crazy to me that you cannot have that. We have multi-user support on Macs. iPads are so often now family devices, and the fact that they always have to be tied to one person is crazy. So Keep dreaming, David. I'm dreaming the dream. <laughs> Apple's going to do it. You'll see. This is the year. 2022. It's our year, Donna. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. Okay, moving on to apps and gear, I'll just tell you about the the adapter that I'm into or is adapter yes is a word but they just they call I always hubs. call them dongles. dongles no no hubs There's no right I don't word know. for this um anyway it's called the Kingston Nucleum USB-C adapter hub USB-C anyway um I'll link to it in the show notes um this one's 47 Lenovo has one that's 23 and they do similar things and so really you can just see like how many you know how many ports do you need uh this one i think has two usb c usb a ports i used it recently for a podcast interview because i still have usb a mics that (sighs) from audio technica so they're like a little outdated and i don't really want to upgrade mics right now so this way i could still have a mic for me and a mic for my guest and be plugged into my macbook air and record seamlessly so you know any i feel like a lot of us have usba 
products, like David said. Yeah. And you don't necessarily want to overhaul everything all at once, even though we're moving in that direction. Um, so it's really nice to have something like this in the meantime. I want to put a quick plug in the, for OWC. And they are mm-hmm. an advertiser, so I, I know it gets awkward. But just purely from an editorial perspective, yeah. I've been so impressed by their products. They just sent us a hub that we're using. We went through so many different hubs that just would not work for us. And then OWC sent us one that worked perfectly. And so this is one of those things I'm going to talk about in my insider section where it seems like it should be universal, that USB-C should should just work for everyone all the time. It should work on every computer. But there's so many caveats. And so I do recommend going with a brand that you trust and making sure you're, like, reading the fine print. And OWC, not only did it just work for us, it's just a premium brand. They're they're in based in the U.S. and they have a real. They put a lot of thought behind their products. So, I this is purely just me being impressed by them as a company. Uh, and so I, I do. And they have a wide range of hubs that I would recommend. Cool. Yeah, OWC is great. They have a lot of ones that are more like high powered. Have a lot of different yeah. connection, connection points. So like something for me at home that's really useful is just this little one. But OWC I use at work and love. And yeah, with our sponsors, a lot of times they send us products that we get to try, and so we will genuinely start really loving them and want to share information with you about them. But we always make sure to let you know that they are a sponsor when we mention products that are sponsors. Yes, exactly. Um, so for our question of the week, I would like to ask people what their, oh, I didn't let you talk about your app in gear. Oh yeah, I have a fun one today. Yeah. I have an app, which, so I'm excited to talk about this one just because I so, one of the questions I always get when I tell somebody that I work here is they go, oh, what's your favorite app? And it's like a hard question to answer because nine times out of 10, like the apps I use are the same apps everybody uses. You're like, it's like Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel so dumb and I don't have these like secret apps that I use every day that like nobody else knows about. This isn't quite that, but it's an app that has actually made its way into my day-to-day rotation of apps, mm. which is rare. And it's, I hadn't used it until recently and it's an app called Shop. Mm. It's made mm. by Shopify. And what it does it helps you. It's a little bit embarrassing that I use it daily, but it helps you track all the packages you're receiving. Uh, and if you're like me, you get most of your stuff shipped to you these days. I have like my Amazon subscriptions, so I literally get like toilet paper, paper towels, soap, everything just gets like mailed to me. I have my dog food mailed to me, and then I'm also just constantly like buying random things I need, like clothes or whatever. And so there's a lot. And up until I had this app. It was like any time I try, especially these days with shipping delays, you're always kind of like, where is it? Why is it not here? Mm -hmm. I'd have to go into my email. I'd find it. And then I'd have to go click the link to the tracking and see where it is and when it's going to come and why it's delayed or if it's delayed. And so how shop works is it does a couple things. Number one you can log into your Amazon account from the shop app. And so anything you buy on Amazon will automatically get tracked through your through the shop app and tell you when it's shipped, when it's on its way, when it's arrived, uh, whether it's delayed. Uh, and then it also, if you use Gmail, and I think it works with a couple other web-based one, it will it'll like use AI to, to look for the tracking emails and, and import them automatically. So if you buy something from, let's say, like a clothing website, it, it will you'll get an email that says, oh, 
thanks for buying, here's your tracking information. And it'll automatically import it. So you have just in one convenient place, a list of everything being shipped to you mm-hmm. and the status of each of it. And I find it to be like weirdly useful it's to my life. It's very useful. Um, and it's made by Shopify, which also means that anybody who uses a Shopify app website, which is a lot of people now, it also automatically imports for you. So there's a lot of different ways the stuff gets imported in, um, but I just find it to be a, a really useful app. And it's rare that I find an app that's really useful that I end up using on a daily basis. And it's free. That's the last piece. It's free. Yeah, definitely a good one to download. And you're right. It is hard to get at, find new apps that actually make it into the daily rotation. Yeah. So for our question of the week, I wanted to ask all of you, what spring rumors are you excited about? What devices are you hoping to see um, from Apple in 2022? Email us at podcast at iphonelife.com. I wanted to read out uh, a message from one of our listeners. Also, on a, on a question from the past, we did an app for like new, we did an episode on apps for the new year, how to have a productive 2022. And so we had someone write in, um, Nancy wrote in, I just enjoyed listening to your podcast on productivity apps. One app I love is Recipe Gallery. It's simple to use, but has a lot of great features. I believe there was a small one-time fee, less than $10 or less, but it's worth every penny. It lets you categorize your recipes, add recipes in a number of different ways, from an email text or a picture you've taken. Um, There's a backup feature. I have the app on my iPhone and iPad. I use it on my iPhone if I'm at the grocery store and decide to make a specific recipe for dinner. I can look at the recipe and buy what I need. I use my iPad to access the recipe when I'm cooking. It's easy to read and stays open until I close it. I love this app. Thanks for all the information you give me. I've learned a lot and taken advantage of your tips, classes, podcasts, and guides. Uh, take care, Nancy. Oh, thanks, Nancy. Thank you. Yeah, and I just liked I liked that Nancy uses her <laughs> iPhone at the store and then has her iPad at home for cooking because I, I think the iPad is an awesome device um, to just like have in your house and to use for things like cooking. Yeah. Because you can have settings like um, you can keep your auto lock off on your iPad so that your recipe um, will like just stay on your screen and your phone won't lock and you won't have to like try to touch it while you're cooking and have food in your hands and just the bigger display makes it easier and the bigger display because i find it pretty annoying for those other reasons i just mentioned to try to follow a recipe on my phone i totally agree um so it's just always fun to hear how people are using their devices in their everyday life and we love it when you all write into us so email podcast at iphonelife.com today it's asking about what devices you're excited for um this year but in general just hearing how you're liking the podcast and any um recent thoughts we're always happy to hear from you And that wraps up our episode of the iPhone Life podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back in a couple weeks. And stick around if you're an insider for our special section. Bye. Bye. Bye.